You're listening to Sound Opinions, and this week we'll be sharing some buried treasures, under-the-radar sounds you need to hear. I'm Jim DeRogatis. And I'm Greg Cott. First, some new album reviews. That is a Hawkwind classic, Born to Go, as covered by Monster Magnet. Monster Magnet itself, uh, progenitors of the uh, stoner rock movement the last three decades. Uh, Dave Windorf, a larger-than-life character, to say the least, out of New Jersey. He is the one constant in the band over those decades. Their new 11th studio album since 1991, A Better Dystopia, is out now. Uh, Windorf is a road dog. He loves going out on tour. He's into that album tour cycle. Uh, when that couldn't happen because of COVID, he and the band bunkered down and recorded an album of some of their favorite psych rock, stoner rock, proto-metal uh, favorites over the years. It's a batch of cover songs uh, from their favorites. Uh, here's a band that has been around as I said, since 1991, their breakthrough album, Power Trip, in 1998, uh, defined this movement in many ways. And the movement that I'm talking about, the stoner rock movement, the key bands in that movement, along with Monster Magnet, were Sleep, Trouble, Caius. They defined this sound that has become, uh, you know, kind of the template for what new metal could sound like. You know, taking that, that example set by, say, Black Sabbath from the early 70s, late 60s, and bringing it forward for a new generation of listeners. Uh, This covers album is, in a way, an homage to the roots of that sound that Monster Magnet is is coming from. Uh, We're going to play a track from the new Monster Magnet album before we review it. It's called A Better Dystopia, and the track is called Motorcycle Straight to Hell. It's a (laughs) relatively recent band, Table Scraps, a UK band, and this track is from their 2018 album, so Monster Magnet is basically covering the waterfront, going from the earliest days with Stoner Rock to uh, their contemporaries like uh, this particular band, Table Scraps. Monster Magnet with Motorcycle Straight to Hell on Sound Opinions.
Monster Magnet with Motorcycle. And you have to pause, Greg, because the other part of the title's in parens. Yeah. Straight to hell. <laughs> All right. Now, I am a Stoner Rock aficionado. I'm a huge Monster Magnet fan. I am a real Hawkwind fan. And I got to say, of the 13 tracks on this album, I didn't know a single one of them. All right, so this is, get out of your head that this is uh, Windorf uh, doing some sort of cash-in or time filler with a covers album in between, uh, you know, uh, writing new material. Yeah. Um, I, I think this is a statement about uh, the genre he loves, that dirty, filthy, heavy metal combined with the uh, space rock, psychedelic rock exploration of a Hawkwind or Jerusalem, another band that's on here. It's also a gift for his legion of followers because I know that people are going to be using the streaming platforms to go from one song. I'd never heard of Poobah, right? And that's a great cover on here. I'd I'd never heard of... uh, I, I knew scientists, but... Him taking that Australian uh, punk rock band and putting them in a new context mm-hmm. here really opened my ears. You know, Windorf is a, is a rock historian. He's a scholar. Uh, you know, he's, he's as much of a critic as you or me. This is a great album. It is not as great. I, it is not a, a must-own, like, spine of God, which I think was their high point. But it's better than the last couple of Monster Magnet albums, which to me have just been excuses. You know, recycle the formula, we're going on the road, boys. Uh, they just have lacked the spark of earlier recordings. You know, uh, Locked Up, uh, he said it took him all of three weeks before he started going crazy during the pandemic and deciding to make this album a uh, about what we were living in, uh, dystopia, but trying to make it better. Uh, you know, I think it really brought something out of him that's been lacking in the last couple of releases. I, I love it. Yeah, I, I disagree. I think the last couple, we reviewed uh, one or two of the re- recent releases in the last five years, and I think they were uh, very much in line with his best work. I, uh, you know, the sense of humor has always been a defining characteristic with Windorf. Uh, but this is pretty darn serious, you know. This is a heavy I mean, album. he's yep. he's drawing that line, that connection between uh, what he is today and these bands that inspired him, including current inspirations like Table Scraps, which are like my new favorite band. You know, I, there was a band that I <laughs> did. You go back and listen. I, to I, them? Oh yeah, yeah, I listened okay. to all their stuff, and I was not hyper aware of them. But they're great, and thank you, Dave, for pointing that out. But you know, going back to like the early '70s band, like Dust which yeah. I discovered was the first band featuring Mark Bell, future Ramones drummer. Yeah. Uh, you know, Morgan. You know, I'd heard that name, Long Island psych rockers from the late 60s. He does that Welcome to the Void song at the end of the record. Come take a bite of my gingerbread house And let your troubles He's uh, drawing some really cool connections here, and as you said, not obvious choices. Um, So again, doing uh, God's work in the stone (laughs) rock realm, uh, pointing back to the heroes that he wants to bring attention to, as opposed to the really obvious choices that he could have made. Um, This guy's a a stone rock lifer. There's no doubt about it. Uh, Windorf's going to die with his boots on, and he's going to be playing a guitar. He's like Lemmy. No no doubt about that. Absolutely. And I just can't imagine how you could be so okay now that I'm gone. Guess you didn't mean what you wrote in that song about me. 
That is a little bit of a hit that has been ubiquitous through this year of 2021, Driver's License by Olivia Rodrigo. You know, Olivia is owning this year. There have been three top 10 Billboard hits so far in 2021, and now comes a full debut album. Sour. Who is this young woman? You know, she grew up in Murrieta, California. First love was singing, uh, was starting to play instruments by kindergarten, and by 12, she was gravitating to the guitar. She is another product of the Disney Entertainment Factory. She was in a Disney Channel series called Bizardvark, and uh, that led to the Disney Plus series, and you have to be careful not to screw this up, High School Musical, colon, the musical, colon, the series. <laughs> this is sort of the postmodern uh, sequel to just plain old High School Musical. Uh, it gets very confusing. Uh, in between this television stardom, she has continued to write songs. She has, uh, you know, always considered music her first love as i said and now comes this debut album uh she wrote uh or co-wrote all the material had a big say in the sound with producer daniel negro what is this stuff about let's play a song uh this is the opening track from sour it is called brutal and we'll come back and give our reviews olivia rodrigo on sound opinions Before I drink And I'm so caught up in the news Of who likes me and who hates you And I'm so tired that I might Quit my job, start a new life And they'd all be so disappointed Cause who am I if not exploited And I'm so sick of 17 I'm over this teenage dream If someone tells me one more time Enjoy your youth, I'm gonna cry And I don't stick up for myself I'm anxious and nothing can help And I wish I'd done this before And I wish people liked me more All I did was try my That is brutal from the Olivia Rodrigo debut album called Sour. Uh, That's a great opening track. There's a sense about this record that it's a series of righteous complaints. You know, like she's mad at the world. She's upset about the way things are going. Relationships are breaking down. She's having trouble getting over them. I think it's so cool. I'm not cool and I'm not smart. I can't even parallel park. You know? I can relate. And I'm not cool and I'm not smart and I can't even parallel park. You know, I've had those days, Olivia. I totally understand where you're coming from there. You know, in addition to the self-deprecating humor in there, there's also that, you know, she knows how to skewer the people that, uh, you know, done her wrong in in time-found rock tradition. But uh, in in a true 2000s fashion, there are no demarcations between genre here. This is about mixing and matching genre. It's not about, you know, I'm this, I'm that, I'm all of these things. I'm listening to everything, everything yep. from hip hop to, to, to rock, you know, and, and, you know, actually very good with the ballads. I mean, Driver's License being the obvious example, a piano ballad that basically springboarded her to fame overnight. But, you know, I think of a song like One Step Forward, Three Steps Back. You know, this is, uh, these are tough words, spinning venom. It's always one step forward and three. 
In contrast to other Disney stars who have sort of been homogenized yeah. for public consumption, you know, there's a lot of explicitness she, on this record. No, no, what, the words you are looking words. for is she cusses up a blue streak. She does. I and, love it. And, and, and there is no mincing words with, uh, with Olivia Rodrigo. Good for you, a great power pop song. Happier, that sort of sweet and sour ballad. I, I, I love the what she's talking about here. Like, I'm cutting down a rival, but am I really helping anyone by doing that? You're cutting down somebody who could be you. She's saying, you know, maybe this is the wrong way to approach this, this problem that I'm having. I, I, I like the idea that she is openly grappling with her uh, emotional issues, not mincing words, and bringing a lot of musical variety to it. There's something universal. She is an excellent writer, Greg. Uh, when she is writing about, you know, you said forever to an ex-lover, and now I drive alone down your street, right? I mean, that is just brilliant. And there is so much humor and so much insight and so much cussing. I love when she gets angry. Uh, I am with her as a writer. Now, here comes the bad part. You know, what you're hearing as genre mixing, I'm hearing as a pop machine bland out because Brutal uh, is absolutely one of my favorite songs uh, of the year, of maybe of the decade. I mean, what a fantastic song. Uh, good For You is almost as good. And then the rest of the album is mired in, in soggy mid-tempo, which could work. I'm not anti-ballad. I have my sensitive side. Um you know, it could work in a Fiona Apple, Tori Amos, strip everything away setting, but the digital sweetener of the, you know, the, the pop circa 2022 mindset, it's just overproduced, don't you think? I think there's a woman who is listening to Ingrid Michaelson and Green Day. You know, it's like she's, I think she's paying... And up, loving them both. And loving them both. And and yeah. there's, there's room in her world for all those things. I, I, I think it's kind of more of... Her showing her range of interests, I think, in I don't doubt that there will be more focused and probably self-produced albums in her future. Yeah, I, I want you know? like a Billie Eilish production yeah, on this. and I think that's coming. No, yeah. no, absolutely. I'm agreeing with you 100%. A talent to watch. So now we've had our say on the latest from Monster Magnet and the debut from Olivia Rodrigo. What do you think of those records? Give us your opinions on our Facebook group or share them with our Patreon community. Or you can leave us a voice message on our website at soundopinions.org. Coming up, we share a fresh batch of buried treasures we think everyone should hear on Sound Opinions. We're back. This week, we're sharing a rich bounty of buried treasures from relatively unknown artists that we've been loving. People always ask us, uh, how do you find these buried treasures? I've got a story pretty much attached to everyone. There is no methodology other no. than sometimes you're like the, you know, you're the blind squirrel and you find that acorn. It's kind of like, 
that's the way I feel sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We've got our antenna up all the time. Uh, and uh, it's always, uh, you know, a, a joyful moment to discover something that we want to share with the audience, Greg. Um, I, I feel a little guilty. As far as buried, I don't know if we can say if the Linda Lindas are buried anymore. You talk about the viral sensation of the year in the music realm. Uh, you know, these young women, uh, two Latinx uh, girls and two Asian girls mm -hmm. in Los Angeles uh, have been everywhere. I mean, I had this shared in my various social media feeds easily uh, five dozen times. Uh, the song Racist Sexist Boy. It was something that was needed at the moment, shouting out against, uh, against let's face it, both, both uh, Latinx and Asian uh, racism. And uh, a furious growl in the face of that delivered in a live performance at a library, right? You've mm -hmm. seen the video. Yeah. All right. You said to me uh, a week or two ago when we were discussing the video, like everybody has been, you know, it's like all these people so excited have never heard Riot Girl, mm -hmm. right? And uh, I wanted to see if the Linda Lindis, who instantly, when all the, 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 the hubbub happened, uh, got signed to Epitaph Records, you know, are they a one-hit wonder? Was this one moment? And no, every track you can find that the band has so far recorded and a bunch of live ones that weren't even enhanced in the studio are are really good, good to great. And this is a song that is great that I think is even better than Racist Sexist Boy. And... Yes, some people have heard Riot Girl. The Linda Lindas set out at their barely mid-teen age uh, to cover Bikini Kill, uh, to cover uh, Rebel Girl by that band. Bikini Kill was obviously an inspiring band for political reasons and, and reasons of purpose, you know, the best-known band in the Riot Girl movement, but I always said they could be very hard to listen to. You know, they were not the hooks that earlier punk pioneering women like X-Ray Specs had, right? I love the way the Linda Lindas, in covering Bikini Kill, take a sort of 50s uh, rock and roll tunefulness that I'd never heard in the song with Bikini Kill and bring it to the forefront. I doubt that it actually comes from listening to, you know, Chuck Berry or Bo Diddley or Etta James. I think it probably comes from Grease the Musical, <laughs> right? But but the tunefulness in this cover of Rebel Girl says to me that uh, we are going to be hearing more great things from the Linda Lindas when they give us an album on Epitaph, and uh, I can't wait for it. Here they are. That girl thinks she's the queen. That is uh, the Linda Linda's covering Rebel Girl. Now, okay, some people are saying, 
this band is a ringer, you know? Uh, the One Dad was the publisher of the, uh, that great Asian-American pop culture magazine, Giant Robot. The other one worked as a, a Grammy-winning mixer and engineer for Paramore and Best Coast. You know, I think that is ageism and sexism. You know, I mean, these girls have the chops. Girls, because they are girls, right? Listen to the music, and then don't tell me it's dad giving them a pat on the back. This is a nice power pop version of a great song. Yeah. Uh, and Kathleen Hanna somewhere is smiling that somebody, hey, you know, it's great that a new generation is getting turned on to Bikini Kill. She's been quoted it, on them. She it, loves if them. If it takes the Linda Lindas to do it, then I'm all for it. I think it's a, it's a great thing. Uh, my first artist is going to be a uh, 20-year-old Filipino African-American artist who grew up in San Diego, Jelani Arye. He has been putting out uh, music for a couple of years now. He put out a couple of EPs. Um, he had a um, uh, internet uh, connection with a, uh, a chat group uh, that was steeped in Odd Future and Brock Hampton as uh, inspirations, you know, this sort of yeah. idea of, of a collective uh, making music together. And he put together his own collective called Raised by the Internet uh, that he has been collaborating with over the last few years. Uh, so after those initial EPs, he finally put out some singles in this new year with anticipation coming toward a new album. Uh, not don't know the date yet, but it's apparently coming. These singles are extremely promising. To my mind, the best thing he's done so far. But an example again of an artist working loosely in the the sort of R and B uh, slash you know indie rock realm. You know, kind of blending different influences, not really being any one thing in particular, but basically putting the song at the core of it. Uh, he promises that the new record, new album, is going to have more guitar and more psych rock influences. But I love the grooves on, on this particular track that I'm going to play. That bass line just kills me. Marigold from Jelani Arie on Sound Opinions. When your stereo loud, flaunting your taste, blazing the space around you with love, light, and marigold sounds. Pray we live a long life, seeking our futures out. Jelani Arie, Marigold, the new single, Prelude to a New Album. I love the voice and I love the production aesthetic, Greg, but uh, it struck me that when you were talking about the groove, it, it's a little monotonous. It kind of starts out mechanical and doesn't go anywhere. Yeah, well, it's more of a dance floor thing. You know, I think that's, uh, you know... Yeah, but I, it's slower. Maybe maybe try standing up and dancing to it. 
Oh, snap. I mean, look, come on. Let's go. I, I want a little more adrenaline in my dance groove, well, Mr. Was, I, I was adrenalized when I was moving around the room. I, I'm, That's all I can I'm giving you, you. I'm giving you. Yeah, compare the adrenaline in that to the adrenaline in this track I'm, I'm going to play. You know, um, so the Linda Lindas are, are, you know, it's like even before uh, any, everybody's heard them, the backlash is already starting, you know, with the talk of their dads and getting signed to Epitaph, right? You know, never mind that they, they, they already had this career. They, they, you know, they were, they, their version of uh, Rebel Girl was good enough to get them in the Netflix film Moxie, where they played themselves. Um, they're not the only band doing this, Greg. Uh, and that is the thing that's funny to hear commentators thinking they are. Um, in Fort Worth, Texas, a harder place to grow up uh, than Los Angeles for anybody uh, thinking outside the box, uh, you know, Again, three young women and the uh, male drummer they let hang out with them, aged 13 to 15, begin playing at School of Rock. Now, I generally uh, speaking don't like that nationwide chain. The number of dads I've had emailing me Junior's Tasty Licks Frank Zappa song, you know, it's like a... But but these uh, young friends came together and they, they came out with something brilliant. Finding a, a shared love of punk pop that again you know we got to remember the Ramones took 50s rock and roll uh, tripled the speed and the energy and added humor that's what these young women are doing with the Ramones or even the Green Days and Screeching Weasels um, they have a song called Kill Courtney from a fantastic album Honey Bee that came out last year the timing was awful. Comes out in the middle of the pandemic when, when you know, they are not able to get out there and play it for people. But a friend of mine, how do these buried treasures come to us? A friend of mine on Facebook from my college days, you know, the first uh, one of the first shows he got to see now that the world is opening up again is Ting Tang Tina playing uh, in Fort Worth and blew him away. And he is a super fan and said, everybody's got to listen to it. So, you know, somebody I've known uh, that long ago, I'm going to I'll listen to it. Let me see if you're wrong. And he's not wrong. I love the the uh, the Honey Bee album. I love this song, Kill Courtney. Uh, they are not taking aim at uh, Courtney Love. <laughs> they are uh, talking about, uh, I think, that mean girl who still exists in every high school in America, who was there when you and I were in high school, Greg, who always will be there. And, uh, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're skewering her and saying we're cooler. We are not cool by anybody's standard definition, but we are who we are, and that makes us cool. Uh, again, you know, dad gets some of the credit. Ruby Lewis, the singer, the driving force, is the daughter of the singer in the toadies, okay? So people in Texas, oh, you know, she's a legacy. I I like her band better mm. than the toadies by far, I'll tell you that. And, you know, in, in interviews, she just keeps repeating the mantra, we're just teenagers having fun. We have this passion. We are following it. You go, girls. Ting Tang Tina, kill Courtney. The way the sun hits her face in the morning.
Ting Tang Tina, Kill Courtney. Uh, generally speaking, uh, journals, the Kurt Cobain posthumous collection thereof, is not worth having, except he does write a letter to Lester Banks, and there is one immortal quote. The future of rock belongs to the girls. He ain't wrong. Well, yeah. I think that's probably manifesting itself over and over again in the last tech 10 years, for right. sure. From the beginning of time. Yeah. It's just that people were not paying attention. Not paying attention, yeah. Uh my next pick is uh, not a girl band. Uh, they're actually from uh, Wales, South Wales, Cardiff, to be precise. Uh, you know, I was mentioning at the top, like, sometimes you feel like a blind squirrel finding the acorn, right, when you find a band. I was researching something completely unrelated to this particular band by the name of Seaside Witch Coven. That's a great, um, great, great name. But what I stumbled across is I'm looking up psychiatry, the history of psychiatry, and, and I, I'm looking up Freud, right? And all of a sudden, I stumble across... Do I have to worry track. about you? Yeah, you do have to worry. Uh, because I don't know how I got fell down this rabbit hole, but I stumbled across a song called Pink Freud by Seaside Witchcoven. And I go right away, song title sounds pretty cool. Band name sounds pretty cool. Let's try this out. Uh, it's a single from 2019 put out by this band. It turns out they have three songs, exactly three songs available. Hmm. Two recorded in 2019. We all know what happened in 2020. Yeah. They went away. They couldn't record together. Now they're back in the studio. Now they made their third song, or at least recorded their third song, which I love. It's called King Fried. I so, don't know much so, about this band. King Fried follows Pink Freud. Pink Freud. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, right away, they, they, they sort of have a streak of weirdness to them. I'll this song get, gets to me. It's I love the driving rhythm guitar, and then at the end there's this kind of like, uh, it, it sounds like two or three guitars going at it where they're sort of tangling uh, and into the outro. Uh, who knows if this band's any good, to be honest, but I just love this song. It's uh, King Fried from Seaside Witchcoven on Sound Opinions. Which coven or coven, however you want to say Tomato it. or tomato? You know, King Fried. I mean, these are the lyrics that jump out. I want to get high. I want to get fried. <laughs> I was like, yeah, all right. But there's a sophistication, Greg, like with Monster Magnet we were talking about earlier. You know, at about two and a half minutes in comes this super melodic part that yeah. I wasn't expecting. You know, you said maybe it's a bunch of overdubbed guitars. I think it could be. The really cheap Mellotron patch on a bargain be. synth. Because uh, that's what it sounds like. There's a little touch of King Crimson wispiness. I'll take it. I love it. Uh, well, that, that's what I thought. In a minute, we'll return with a guest who'll share their buried treasure pick on Sound Opinions.
We are back, and we've been sharing some of our recent buried treasures. It is time now to hear from a guest critic. We always love to know what our peers are listening to, and this week we are talking with Annie Zaleski. She is an author, editor, and journalist whose work has appeared in NPR Music, Rolling Stone, The Guardian, many more publications, and she just wrote a fine book for the 33 and a third series on Duran Duran's Rio. Hey, Annie, welcome to Sound Opinions. Thank you so much. I'm really happy to be here. I admire your writing, Annie. It is fun. Uh, So tell us about the uh, band you want to highlight. So it's a little bit in the kind of the 80s vein. They're called Topographies, and they're from San Francisco, and they actually have a kind of link to the early 80s. It it features Gray Tolhurst, who's actually the son of Lowell Tolhurst, of the cure. Oh, wow. That's that's royalty in 80s uh, fandom. Absolutely. And you might not be surprised that the, the record of the song kind of sounds like the cure, but with a little bit of a modern spin, a little bit of an indie shoegaze spin. But he, he does it very, very well. So what's the song you wanted to highlight? So the song I wanted to highlight is called See You As You Fall. And it's, you know, lyrically, it's very simple. There's just a couple of verses and it's kind of abstract And, uh, you know, it's kind of talking about the cycle of life and the circle of life and, you know, and ruminating on what it's like. I mean, maybe a little bit of the afterlife. Um, But the song is just really kind of moody, but also kind of wistful and nostalgic. And it just it just really grabbed me when I first heard it. It's on their their debut album, Ideal Form. Cool. Let's play a little bit of See You As You Fall from Topographies. So, Annie, very, very much as you described, I mean, if I had known, as you told us, that a son of a Cure member was on this track, I would have said, where's the fog machine? We need yeah. some We need some of that <laughs> early 80s post-punk vibe going on here. Very cool stuff. Um, and I know you love that sound. I know that's uh, that's kind of a big era for you, isn't it? That darkness, that moodiness, I, I just can't help it. It just, you know, it just it just touches my heart, my, my cold black heart. <laughs> See, I actually think, Annie, that this is a, a little more uh, upbeat than some of the other uh, topographies tracks that I went and, and sampled. Um, it, it's got those chiming guitars at the beginning that remind me of the church. That is another favorite of mine. So I think that's also uh, okay. probably why right. I really <laughs> like this record. You know, that, but the church, you figure they're the very early church stuff, also kind of gothic, a little bit yeah, gloomier, yeah. you know, some of the stuff that didn't get airplay in America, so no, I, sure. I hear it. Uh, Annie, having paid tribute to, uh, w- with a brilliant uh, book-length dissection of, uh, of Duran Duran's Rio, uh, what's your next project? I'm actually in the midst of working on a book on the B-52s at the moment, actually. So talk about polar opposite from there you go. the gloomy. Well, you'll, you'll have to come back and tell us about that when, when you've done it. You're welcome anytime, Annie. Awesome. I'm, I'm game. All right, from flashback time with Annie Gregg, I'm going to go with something uh, absolutely timeless for my next pick. Uh, you know, there is this tradition in Chicago of one-person artists sitting alone in their bedrooms 
making wonderful space age bachelor pad music. I can never get enough of that. I know you love it too. Uh, on the heels of Clive Tanaka, who uh, really made a, a worldwide splash with his uh, mysterious alter ego. We have no idea who he is to this day. Cassette only releases comes a, a young man who did uh, not only uh, tell me his name, but but how to pronounce it. Ryan Mira, who records as Yellow Pills, has a new album called Space Age Inferno. Um, you know, I am a sucker for the buried treasure pick that comes direct from an artist. And especially when, when it, as Ryan wrote to me, uh, he says, uh, maybe you'll hate it. <laughs> but I tend to agree with your take on stuff 99% of the time. It's like, like you know, not it's not ego. You've got to check that out instantly, right? At least when it's time to listen to 30 or 40 contenders for buried treasures. I'll tell you why. Because usually that I agree with everything you say, Jim, you're going to love this. You know, it, it, it's, it <laughs> winds up being completely from Mars. You sent me like the electronica version of Polka. What made you think I would like that? You know? Actually, as I'm saying that, I probably would like that. Yeah, it sounds pretty cool uh, to me. <laughs> that kind of genre diversity fuels uh, what Ryan is doing as Yellow Pills. You know, we have surf and garage and funk and lounge music and cabaret and electronica. Uh, you know, on, on all of these instruments, some wonderful uh, electric guitar that is pure Ennio Morricone, some wonderful, you know, organs and, and analog synths that are very much uh, from that space-age back. Uh, ethos of the uh, early 60s when all of this was new mm. and you needed music to mix cocktails to and uh, you know and that is exactly what he's giving us the track I'm going to play it could not uh, be titled better come over and eat some food <laughs> this is dinner party music I love it uh, so yellow pills pills come over and eat some food and yes every track on this new album space age inferno is that good yeah i i actually love that uh that sort of gritty lo-fi space age bachelor pad vibe you know it's you know space age bachelor pad music is very precise and very pristinely recorded but this is kind of the lo-fi version of that and i love it yeah well, you know he he comes from new mexico where he was part of that scene that gave us the shins and moved to chicago why anybody would leave new mexico to move to chicago i don't know <laughs> well but he's also done a lot of work with the theater scene here uh so i i think he's got that uh, kind of 
you know, cinematic ethos. Well, that's cool. I, uh, the, the artist that I'm going to play next comes from Hobart, Indiana. You know, Mexican-American, uh, bilingual. What else is there to do in Hobart, Indiana, but just make songs in your bedroom, right? And that's yeah. how this guy got started. Omar Apollo is his name. And now we have a, uh, a full album from him that came out late last year. Got some praise, got some streams, and kind of uh, illustrated to me how brilliant this guy is. I, some of the tracks that uh, made the most noise, to me, were the most conventional of the bunch in his uh, repertoire. But this guy plays bass, he drums, he plays guitar, he's a producer, a programmer, sings all the vocals, including the background vocals on this record. A very rich musical perspective that he's bringing to his songwriting. And again, cutting across multiple genres. The uh, debut album is called Apollonio. And here's a track from it called Useless on Sound Opinions. Omar Apollo with Useless from his debut album on Sound Opinions, one of my buried treasures. You know, the only complaint I'd make about that one, Greg, uh, I'm picking yours apart this week. I'm sorry. But it goes on way too long. There's like a false ending and then two more minutes. Well, you're, you're, you're one of those, uh, you know, 2000s kids, the 30-second attention span. Yeah, well, the Linda Lindas and Tink Tang Tina. It's like, look, if you can do it in two and a half minutes, why are you wasting a minute more? I'm hearing a lot of kind of boilerplate power pop from you today, buddy. You know, you got to shake it up a little bit. I am going to shake it up. I'm going to shake it up right now. And, uh, in fact, uh, in choosing this band, I had to... Remember, the 2010 is a long time ago. That was the one and only time you talked about a Chicago group called Disappears on the show. They made your mid-year top 10 that year, but not your your end-of-year top 10. Uh, and Disappears was one of the many. This is a popular genre in Chicago. Post-punk bands, right? Uh, and and uh, doing that kind of, uh, or post-rock, post-punk, artsy, progressive rock, but way more minimal, right? A very popular Chicago sound. Everybody wanted to be slint. Uh, Some of them were noisier, some of them were quieter. For the last couple of years, 
Over the course of four albums, the band that came out of Disappears, led by guitarist-vocalist Brian Case, uh, is has been called Fax, F-A-C-S. And uh, they have a new album called Present Tense, recorded over at Electrical Audio, but not with Steve Albini, that is just mind-blowingly good. Yes, it is part of this uh, genre of post-rock, but uh, with a lot more sense of space in the music. Uh, you know, everything everything lives in its own space, and uh, Aliana Calaba's uh, keyboards and drums and and. Uh, bass uh, on occasion uh, plays all those things along with uh, Noah Ledger uh, playing keyboards and drums. Uh, you know, this is this is prog rock. This is like King Crimson's most melodic side, but delivered in Chicago, right in the mm. post rock realm. I, I just think this is amazing, and I, I love the way. The title of the song I'm going to play, Strawberry Cough, right? It brings to mind, you know, I, I smoked so much substance, I am coughing my lungs out. But, oh, it's sweet. Strawberry <laughs> Cough by Fax. Wasn't the springtime cruel? Strawberry. Strawberry Cough by Fax. The whole album is also that good. Present tense. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, I've been a big fan of what Case has been doing. I thought Disappears was a great band. Um, and this band, Fax, was in many ways a left turn. He took some of the members yeah. from Disappears and formed this band uh, and brought kind of a post-punk take on what he was doing in Disappears, which was more like the arty punk uh, driving, you know, linear. This is was more atmospheric. But I'm starting to hear him bringing more melody back into the songwriting on this latest album, which is a great progression. Uh, last but not least on our buried treasures uh, list for me is uh, the band Darkside. We had them uh, in the studio actually years ago. Uh, How can they be opinions. buried if they've been featured on the Sound Opinions Well, I mean, program. I think we did a great job of making sure that no one would we hear about their no. career. <laughs> <laughs> My main thing is that more people should have been talking about the band in 2013 when they released their debut album, Psychic. Um, and I, I thought that album was one of my favorites of that year. Uh, and then they sort of went away. Uh, it's a duo. Uh, Dave Harrington, who, who plays uh, a multi, he's a multi-instrumentalist. And, and Nicholas Yar, who is a DJ uh, slash uh, vocalist. He, they they, uh, they are, uh, come from two different worlds. 
melding these um, uh, sensibilities together whenever they come together for Dark Side. Uh, you know, they, they refer to a tongue-in-cheek as their jam band, you know, <laughs> because they're technically not jammy kind of guys, but no. they, when they get together, they, they create music out of these kind of, they, they vibe a little bit and they create something uh, unique out of it. Uh, they've done it again uh, with what I am greatly anticipating, a new album, but this, uh, the, the, the tracks that I've heard from it uh, so far uh, very intriguing, picking up where they left off with Psychic, this sort of dark, atmospheric. Uh, there's a lot of instrumental, uh, you know, uh, sections in the music. Occasionally the vocals, the vocals are definitely not uh, treated as the main instrument. They're, they're treated as an instrument in the production texture as opposed to the focus. And, and they're doing something very different uh, than they do separately uh, that, I, that I really admire. Uh, Dark Side is the name of the group. The Limit is the song we're going to play from Sound Opinions. Side with the limit on sound opinions, the last of my buried treasures. I was getting heavy, tricky vibes there. Yeah, I mean, and, it's, and I it's spooky, that. kind yeah. of atmospheric. I love yeah, it. Yeah, good stuff. If you have a buried treasure, leave us a voice message with your pick and why on our website, soundopinions.org. Mr. Cott, what do we have on the show next week? Next week, uh, we only have one of the greatest bass players of all time, uh, a guy who's played with uh, everybody from D'Angelo to The Who. Pino Palladino for an extensive interview about his career. We always get the best interviews with those people who've been everywhere but just outside the spotlight. For more sound opinions, listen to our podcast wherever you find such things. The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed in this program belong solely to Sound Opinions and not necessarily to Columbia College Chicago or our sponsors. And speaking of sponsors, every week our show reaches hundreds of thousands of curious listeners from around the globe via podcast and on 150 public radio stations nationwide. If you'd like to learn more on how your business or organization can also reach this engaged and educated audience, you can email sponsor at soundopinions.org. That's sponsor at soundopinions.org. Thanks, as always, to our Patreon supporters. Sound Opinions is produced by Andrew Gill, Alex Claiborne, our intern, Sol Delgadillo, and our social media consultant is Katie Cott. 